Hey everyone, we continue our read through the New Testament. Today we are in Revelation 6. We're introduced back to the Lamb who was worthy to open the scroll back in chapter 5, Jesus Christ. And that scroll represents God's, God's cosmic plan of retribution, redemption, and restoration. And here we see him beginning to unfold the scroll by undoing the seven seals. Now this chapter introduces us to the beginning of three major sets of visions that are recapitulating. They are cycles telling the same story from the inauguration of the kingdom with Christ's first advent, consummating with his coming and his second advent. So from this, these seals mark us what we call the inter-advental age, right? Everything between those two advents, the first coming of Christ all the way up until the second coming of Christ. And there are three sets of these visions that are ultimately telling the same story from a different perspective, each of them intensifying and escalating with one another. The seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls. And it's very important that we understand that these will continue to escalate. These three sets of visions will parallel while also intensifying and escalating. So in other words, the trumpets will be more escalated than the seals, and the bowls will be more escalated than the trumpets. But all of them are taking us through the interadvental period. The first five of those seals or trumpets or bowls bring us throughout the interadvental age. They are continuing throughout. The sixth brings us right to the end of the age, and the seventh brings us to consummation, right? And so this is going to be seen throughout. It's important that we understand this is not chronological. It is paralleled. It is cyclical. And it is telling us ultimately of the same thing from different perspectives. Some other things it's important to realize is that all of the Gospels, with the exception of John, contain the Olivet Discourse of Jesus, who laid out the the issues that his followers would face throughout the age, what the end of the age would look like, and what his return would be like. And what's fascinating is though John's gospel doesn't include that, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that in many ways, Revelation is John's account of Jesus's Olivet Discourse because he receives the revelation of Christ in a far more detailed manner, unveiling all of those Old Testament prophecies in light of the person of Jesus Christ. And so it's very important that we recognize what's going on here as we see these things tracing not just one small portion at the end of history, but these first five marking the entirety of the church age, the sixth bringing us to the end of the age, the seventh, the consummation of the age. So with that little introduction to really orient ourselves when reading Revelation, let's look at the first six seals given to us here in chapter 6. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come! And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come! 
And I looked, and behold, a black horse, and its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures say, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him, and they were given authority over a fourth of the earth, to kill with sword and with famine, with pestilence and by wild beast of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. So let's stop right here for now, just because, like I said earlier, these five seals, just like we'll see with the five trumpets and five bowls, mark the entirety of the interadvental age. So these first uh, four seals give us what has been commonly known as the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? But it's important to see These things are common things which mark the entirety of the age. And the fifth seal, the picture of the crying martyrs, the crying saints who have been slayed, who have have endured the persecution and suffering of this world, they are crying out, how long, O Lord? How long what? Until you return. Until you come to ultimately bring about and to consummate your plan of cosmic redemption and restoration. So they are longing for that. And so these five all mark realities of the interadvental age. And so let's talk a little bit about each of these. The first seal opens up with one we see as a rider on a white horse who has a bow and a crown, and he came out conquering and to conquer. Now, throughout history, a number of individuals have argued that this is a picture of Christ. And and that's not a terrible um, assessment in the sense that in in Revelation 19, Christ rides a white horse. White is often associated with holiness and purity in Revelation. The messianic picture of Psalm 45, 4 and 5, gives us a picture of uh, the the rider being the, the Messiah whose sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Uh, the nations are to fall beneath his feet. In Revelation 14, Christ wears a crown. Uh, Revelation 3, 5, and 17 refer to Christ conquering, right? And so a number of scholars have saw this picture as the triumph of Christ, uh, kind of ushering in the interadvental age, and the gospel going forth to conquer. However, I, I don't think that is who this is here. I actually think that this is a picture of a counterfeit Christ, a counterfeit Messiah. The reason why, as we will see throughout Revelation, is that counterfeit is a major theme of the book. The, there's a counterfeit trinity, the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet, right? The, the beast counterfeits the Messiah. The dragon counterfeits the father. The false prophet counterfeits the Holy Spirit. And this is the way that it goes about deceiving. And this is a picture here uh, that I believe is a picture of these false uh, and wicked leaders of the world who take upon themselves a messianic paradigm. 
right? These they take upon a messianic paradigm in order to lead people astray, to conquer and to build their own kingdoms. The white horse is a symbolic embodiment of the Antichrist, plural, throughout which have risen up throughout the interadmental age. Even John himself says there have been many Antichrists, right? These pictures of those who falsely lead others astray. And this was epitomized in the immediate context with the Roman Empire, who either through world conquest and her false teaching and deception sought to establish their own kingdoms over Christ. These are individuals who seek to physically or spiritually harm Christ's disciples in the process because they refuse to bow the knee while the world goes after them. And so just as Jesus said, there will be many who will appear, who will come uh, and, and claim to be the Messiah and will deceive many. He said that in Matthew 24. And so I think that's a picture here. So throughout the interadvental age, there are going to be these false messiahs which rise up to establish their own kingdoms and to lead many to stray. And this will unnaturally unfold to what happens with the second seal, the rider on the red horse, bright red, we are told, who is permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another and was given a great sword. So here the picture is war, right? War, blood, killing. Its rider was permitted to take uh, peace from the earth. And so these false messiahs, these, these false world leaders who seek to build their own kingdoms, who seek to be a messiah in their own form or fashion, they inevitably bring war. This is one of the things that all the way back to when Saul was picked for the people of Israel, what did Samuel say? For he will take your sons to battle. And this is a great picture here, right? Matthew 24, Jesus said, You will hear of wars, rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alone, or not alarmed, for such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. So this is a picture of war that comes with these false leaders who seek to build their own kingdoms, their own nations. They turn men against men, Uh, in order to shed blood. And this war and famine then unfolds and leads to the third seal, right? We see a rider on a black horse with a pair of scales in his hand. I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying a quart of of, wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and wine. So here, right, this is a picture of famine, poverty, economic despair, all of which are common outgrowths of war, war and leaders who hoard their own goods, who take the goods from their citizens, who seek to puff up themselves and, and, and get, take what they want, and they go and they murder and they kill. I think of, of Naboth's vineyard and Ahab and Jezebel having him killed in order to take his rightful property. And so this economic poverty and economic despair are natural outworkings that flow from this fallen world where wicked leaders rule, where war rages, economic despair will be. 
yet the oil and the wine remain, which just demonstrates that there's not a complete famine, and I would argue is a demonstration of the growing disparity between the poor and the rich, as oil and wine were something that the poor or that the rich can indulge themselves, further uh, establishing their own judgment as they go after the passions and lust of this world, while the basic necessities of life are removed by the wickedness of men. And finally, the fourth rider, the pale horse, which we see is death. It says, death and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over the fourth of the earth to kill with a sword, with famine, earth, pestilence, and wild beasts. So here is a picture of death and poverty. This is what comes with poverty, with war, with wicked tyrants and rulers. Death comes. Death is um, death comes and Hades follows. And this is a picture of, of Proverbs 30, which says that, that the grave, the barren womb, the lamb, which is never satisfied with water and fire, which never says enough. The picture of them killing with pestilence and with wild beasts isn't necessarily them using animals to kill them, but the fact that they themselves are animals. They have become wild beasts. This is a picture that is going to be seen throughout Revelation. That as men rebel against God, they rebel against that which they are called to be in relationship. And as man sins against God, the further he gets away from what made him uniquely an image bearer. And so what separates man from God is the fact that he is the image of God. What separates man from beast is that he is the image of God, beast or not. But as he rebels against God, he becomes more beastly. And so when we see men doing savagery, just the most wicked of things, it is because they are reflecting a beastly nature that is in opposition to God. It's no wonder then why that final culminating antichrist is, is referred to as the beast. And in the midst of all of this pain and sorrow comes martyrdom. As the saints are throughout the, the world, many of them, our brothers and sisters, are, are daily under threat of death and murder. Others are those which have to deal with the, the, the wickedness of the world. And those saints who have passed on are, are throughout right now as we speak, crying to the Lord, saying, How long, O Lord? And the Lord tells them just to wait for a little while until the fullness of the saints, their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete. In other words, Christ will not return until the fullness of his elect, elect have been gathered from the corners of the world. And then that brings us to the end of the age now. We've seen the culminating of these things, uh, false messiahs, war, famine, death, economic distress, all of those things are continual realities of the world that we currently live in, of this present age. But now we get to the sixth and the preparation for the final judgment. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood and the stars in the sky fell to earth as the fig tree shed its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the king of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone slave and free hid themselves in the caves among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the land. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? Here we see a picture 
of the coming of Christ and the final judgment. There is judgment language throughout this symbolic language. Great earthquake, right? The sun becoming as black as sackcloth. The moon becoming like blood. Stars of the sky falling to the earth, which could be a picture of the kings being destroyed or, or angelic beings coming down to, to bring about judgment. Right, We see changes in the seasons, the mountains and islands removed from its place, the picture that there is no one, no one anywhere, there is no, no one who can hide from the judgment that is now coming. The day has come, the day of the Lord is there, judgment is on the horizon, men know it and they seek to run from the wrath of the Lamb, but they cannot hide. His eyes see all things. There is no place that, they, that he cannot find them, that they will not be exposed fully to the judgment. The day has come, and it will be a terrifying day. And the answer that closes the chapter is who can stand? Who will be able to stand when the Lord returns? And John will now give us a little parenthesis between the sixth and seventh seal, which shows us exactly who will be able to stand. The people of Christ who are sealed by the Holy Spirit. God bless.